Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just let me find my page for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Good morning. It's good to see every one of you. Um, unfortunately, my wife's not here. We, we got home from a wedding last night and uh, found our wonderful babysitters, my parents, holding Joseph with a, a bucket. And uh, <laughs> praise God, he, he made it through the night and uh, didn't do it too many more times. It's, it's great when they stop vomiting as you go to bed, isn't it? It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, so they're at home this morning, but it's great to see you here this morning. And hopefully you haven't had any of those bugs and that you're not feeling any of those bugs and you won't have any of those bugs in the coming week. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to shift these things here before I trip over them there. There we are. Um, I just wanted to share a, a couple of things with you this morning before I begin. And one of them is that um, it was a few months back that I was... Um, talking with, um, actually, I, th I think I actually ho overheard a conversation talking about the fact that uh, it was, I was coming up to a time where I could think about taking long service leave, and I thought, my goodness, and I stopped to think about it, I, it's, it's 13 years now I've been employed by the church, part-time to begin with, but 13 years, and, and uh, that, that idea at first I was kind of like, oh gee, I don't want to go away anywhere though. <laughs> I like being here, I like being in church, and, and uh, so I, I began to think and pray about that idea, I shared it with Rochelle, and we've just been praying and thinking, and, uh, and just letting you know, we, we are looking to take some long service leave next, next year sometime, well, in the middle of the year, for about three months, and, uh, and I'm excited actually about that time while we're away, because I'm already aware of who some of the guest speakers we're going to have come in to su support our, our local preachers, but uh, I'm excited for you guys about that time next year. I think you're going to have an awesome time while we're away and I'm sort of, I'm jealous that I can't be here. But at the same time, I'm very excited because I know I'm, I'm also a husband and I'm a, I'm a dad and we're really excited about having that time just with our family and we plan to go away and just do some traveling together and, and, and go around Australia a little bit. And we've been looking at, at caravans and at camper trailers and different things and um, and uh, we went away and, uh, to Adelaide recently and, and we borrowed a camper trailer thing, caravan, that we liked the look of and we thought, yep, this is good. And uh, so we came back, we've been looking and the other day someone here actually pointed out one that we might like and we tried it out, we went and looked at it, it was fantastic, it was good, it was just what we wanted, it was a reasonable price, in good condition. But then there was this question, like, you know that, that point when you're trying to decide if you're going to buy something? And you, you're looking at it, you're thinking, yeah, I think this is good. And you, you sort of, and you get to that point, and you start to think, do I start pointing out any little faults I can find to try and what? Bring down the price. <laughs> but I've got to be honest, I, I, I had these two thoughts enter my mind at that time. And I, this is, it, it was something that I thought was a good introduction to what I want to share about this morning. And there's these two ways of thinking for us as as Christians, as, as followers of Jesus, there's a, there's a two struggles we can have, if you want to put it that way, that we can be tempted to feel like, God, you're my God, you're my Saviour, I've given my life to you, all I have is yours, God, and now, thank you for your blessing, bring on your blessing, God, and, you know, God, I've given my life for you, so you've 
got to bless me, Lord. We can creep into this way of thinking that God's got to bless us because we've, we've done this for you, God, or we've, we've given up this for you, God. And we can creep in, this, this way of thinking can creep into our life that God owes me. Now, I'm sure you've never thought that way in your life because you are wonderful, wonderful people who are holy and, and sanctified. And, uh, but there's a way of thinking that we can slip into, and I think in some areas of Christianity we can, we can hear a God's going to bless us because we're His and life's going to be wonderful. But sadly, I see that people sometimes go to an extreme of that, believing that God's going to bless them and they step out in presumption of what God may think or do or say and they launch out into great enormous things saying, oh God's going to, God to bless me, I'm going to grow, buy this enormous big thing, business, whatever it is. But then it falls over because it's presumption, it's not faith. And we can't just presume what God is leading us into. We can't just... Uh, we can't presume that God owes us so things must turn out even if we make stupid decisions. Sometimes there's consequences to our decisions. But then on the other spectrum, other side of the spectrum, there's a, there's a, a way of thinking we can slip into, of thinking that, you know, God is good, He's my provider, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but maybe He's down to the last two sheep on the hills, like He's given a lot away over the years. And even as Christians, we can become tight-fisted. We can enjoy God's blessing. We can see what God's given us and know that it's only by God's grace that He's given it to us. And we can sort of think, well, God doesn't have to give me any more. So I better hold on to what I've got with all I can and make it last. And I'm not, I'm not going to be too generous because this might be all I ever have. And we can become stingy. We can become ungenerous we can become i think it's so sad when people see that the, the church or christians as people who are unkind and ungenerous and just wanting to hold on to it and and get and get and get i think there's, there's two ways of thinking we can go to our mission as a church is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know Jesus has set me free from my sin. I know the power of the gospel. Jesus came and died for us upon the cross because he loves us. He gave himself for us. That's a, an amazing truth. It's a wonderful thing. And, and we know that. And I want to live every part of my life living in the truth of that. Living it and also communicating it to those around me, whether I'm buying a caravan, whether I'm at work at school, because I'm a school chaplain and I've been there for 11 years as well, so they're going to give me long service leave as well. It's, I'm feeling so blessed by God. And, but I want to live communicating and, and living out the power of the gospel in my life. I know God is good. I know He is faithful. I know He is generous and kind and good. So I want to live and communicate that through everything that I do. I don't want to, to represent God in an in, in unkind, ungenerous, stingy way. I want to represent God in all that I do, and I believe that's the same for you as well. You know, we are called to be different to the world. We're called to be different. We're not meant to just look like everyone else. We're meant to be different. We know the love of God. Has it changed us? Has it truly transformed our lives? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, 
he's talking about salt and light. And he talks about dealing with anger and the way it should be for us as children of the light, as salt on this earth. He talks about adultery and divorce and dealing with enemies. And I want to read verse 38 in Matthew chapter 5. It says, You have heard that the law says, The punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Two, also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. Now these are challenging words. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, which they had every right in that culture and time to do, Carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You've heard the law says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know, He's going to carry on to completion the good work He's begun in us. He wants to continue to mould us and shape us for His glory that we would be perfect even as our Father in heaven is perfect. I find that that's a, that is an amazing verse right there. I want to ask you this question. If, your, if my generosity, if your generosity was the measure of my trust in God, how large would it seem? If my generosity was the measure of my trust in God, how large would it seem? Just a thought to ponder this morning. It's not just about generosity with money. It's not just about finances. It's about all of our life. Are we generous with our words? Are we kind with our words? Are we generous in the way we we serve one another with no interest in what we get back in return? But are are we generous with our time? Or do we just give things, just give time to things that give us a blessing in return? Are we generous with the things that God has given us? Are we, are we willing? Are we hearing that call to, to go that second mile, to go that extra mile that Jesus commanded his, his disciples to do? I want to read Luke chapter 6 this morning. If you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to open it up. Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read quite a bit of Luke chapter 6 this morning, so I encourage you to read along, or you can look on the screens if you don't have it with you. Luke chapter 6 and verse 31. It kind of repeats a little bit of what we just read in Matthew 5. But Do to others as you would like them to do to you. There's what people refer to as the golden rule. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Praise God that he's been kind to us. We are all sinners saved by grace. Verse 36, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Or as another translation puts it, be merciful as your Father is merciful. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. You know, Jesus is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. Let's become like him. Let's not be disciples of any other person. Let's be disciples of Jesus, our living Saviour, and become like him. Verse 41, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, Friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. Now, I read that and I thought, you know, I reckon it's probably pretty hard work to dig a foundation down to the rock and create that foundation. It's hard work at times to dig into and find the solid rock in the situation. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. You know, there's three brief points I want to bring out of that passage this morning. We want to act as true children of God. I believe we do. That's our desire. We want to live as true children of God. We want to represent Him well. We want to be like Him. 
First of all, I want to say give love. God has given us His love. He has given us His love through Jesus Christ on the cross. He offers us His love and He wants us to give love in the same way. He wants to give love. What, what, what is love? I was at a wedding again yesterday. What, what's the passage we always hear, at, well, not always, but often hear at weddings? 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It uh, doesn't rejoice in injustice. never gives up. Let's, let's discover what love is truly like. Let's, let's focus on God's love and see what love is truly like. Love is not boastful and proud. It does not demand its own way. Let's think about God's love and give love like He gives love to us, like He offers His love. And who does He want us to give love to? Is it just to each other at church? He wants us just to love each other at church. Absolutely, He wants us to love each other. But He wants us to love our neighbour. He wants you to love your workmates. He wants you to love sinners. And He even wants you to love enemies, if you have any. I don't like to think of anyone as my enemy. I'm like, but God has called us to love all people, to represent Him and to, and to give love as He loves us. Verse 36, as we read, says, Be merciful as God is merciful, or show compassion as God shows us compassion. Secondly, give mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is not treating someone as they deserve. When someone speaks bad about you, when they make up rumours and stir up things about you, when someone uh, does something to you or says something to you or about you, giving mercy is not doing or treating them as they deserve to be treated. It's not always easy to give mercy to people. But God has called us to give mercy. He says, be merciful as our Father in heaven is merciful. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. Have we had a revelation of that, that our, our salvation is, is not a reward for the good things we have done. It is a gift from God. Give mercy. Verse 37 says, Do not judge. In other words, I think he's saying, don't look for faults in other people. When he says, do not judge, he's not saying, he's not saying don't look around and, and when you see sinful behavior, ignore it. He's not saying that. In Galatians 6, it talks about if you, if you see a brother or sister sinning, go and speak to that person and, and, and try and encourage them and help them and see what's happening in their life and encourage them that they might be rescued from that sin. It's not saying ignore sin. In fact, 1 Corinthians 5 talks about how in the church we, we must judge sin. If people are in unrepented sin, it talks about the, the elders of the church going to that person and if they will not repent of their sin and re refuse to walk away from that sin, that they must be put outside of the church that they might see their sinful ways and return to God with a repentant heart. He's not saying, do not judge, do not, do not look at sin and deal with sin. He's saying, but don't have a judgmental heart. 
Let's not develop a critical heart that's just looking to judge. We, we can come to church and just sit and, and evaluate people and things the whole morning. I, I, I'm confessing now. I've, I've been to other churches at times and I love going to different churches and just fellowshipping with, with them. And I, I love how you can go to any part of the world and, and meet with believers in Christ. And it just feels like you're a part of the family. I love when I'm on holidays going to different churches and, and seeing the way they do things. But sometimes, I've got to be honest, I can slip into a mode of saying, don't like how they did that. Oh, we do that a bit better. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't do that any good, but our team does that brilliantly. And we, we can slip into an attitude of evaluating and judging with a, a critical heart. And I want to encourage you, never come to church to come and evaluate. We, we're called to evaluate what's said and say, is this godly, is this right, is this true? But let's listen to what God is saying to us through it all. Oh, that song was fantastic. Oh, the chorus was just a little bit faster. No, no, no. Let's hear the words of the song. Let's meditate on the, the words that we sing. Let's hear what God is saying to us through his word and not, not think about, oh, he should have shared that other scripture. I probably should have, okay. But let's hear what God is saying to us. You know, some of my favorite preachers, you go to conferences and you know what? You see them sitting in the front row and they're taking notes in every session because they are just so aware of our need for God. They're so aware that we are humble. Uh, we should be humble. We are frail, fragile, incomplete people without God's help. We so need Him. Let's give mercy to one another. When people fail us, we go, thank you, Lord, you prepared us for that. We, we knew that was going to happen. And give mercy. Don't treat them as you might feel they deserve. I encourage you, give grace. There's a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy might say, you know what? They deserve to be told off because they didn't shake my hand at the door. That's a bad example, maybe. I'm going to give them mercy, though. I'm not going to tell them off. That might be your view of mercy, maybe. But grace is to say, you know what? They don't deserve it, but I'm going to bless them anyway. Grace is to say, you know, God has loved me even though I'm a, a filthy, rotten sinner. Jesus shed his blood on the cross for my sin, and I did not deserve it. And that person has said this about me, they've, they've done this to me, they, they insulted me, they ignored me, they did these things, but I'm going to give grace to that person. I'm going to love that person. I'm going to be kind to that person. I'm going to be generous to that person. I'm going to speak well about that person, even though they've hurt me and done the wrong thing. Now, maybe you actually need to go and speak to them and say, look, you have sinned against me. <laughs> actually, don't say it that way. <laughs> If someone has sinned against you, as, as uh, Jesus says in Matthew 18, he says, go and see the person who's offended you. Go and see that person and say, hey, can I, can I just talk to you about something? The other, the other day this happened and, and you said that, this, and I've just been really struggling with that. Talk about how you're feeling about what they did or said. and Maybe you've perceived it wrongly. Hopefully that's the case. Maybe they have been angry with you and they've said something that they knew they shouldn't have. But believe that God can bring restoration as we go and meet with one another. Go and see the person. I believe 99% of the time, if we go and see someone and we say, look, 
I'm sorry I allowed myself to be offended, but can you forgive me and can we work this out together? 99% of the time, people are overjoyed that you've done that and you can work it out and move forward. God's word is amazing. Jesus is really smart, you know. It's good to follow his word. God's given us his undeserved favour, his mercy and his grace. He's poured out his Holy Spirit to fill us with his presence, to lead us and and guide us, to counsel us through every situation. Verse 38, 37, 38 talks about forgive just as he has forgiven us. Forgive and you will be forgiven. There are consequences for our lives if we live with unforgiveness. Physically, it will cripple you. It, 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 it is a horrible thing to live with unforgiveness in our lives. And I'm sure all of us have had days when we have struggled to, to live with forgiveness for something that's happened in our life, for something that someone's done. But we must forgive as our Father in heaven forgives us. He says, give and you will receive, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Anything you give to God, anything you give for God, you will never give in vain. It will never, it will never be given and, and not noticed by your Father in heaven. This morning I just want to ask us all just to think about our own lives. Maybe you even just want to close your eyes as we think about this this morning. Let's not look at the log in our friends, I'm sorry, let's not point out or think that someone else has a log in their own eye. Let's see the logs in our own eye this morning. God, I just pray that you would point out anything within us, Lord, any attitude in our heart that's been a wrong attitude, Lord God. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would help us to to humble ourselves. Even as you have given us love and mercy and grace, that you would help us to become more like you. God, I just pray that you'd help us just to see in this moment, Lord, our words, Lord, our own actions, our heart. Lord, to, to be aware if we've allowed ourselves to become critical or judgmental. Lord, when our, our fuse has just got a little bit short, when our words have just got a little bit cutting or sharp, or there's just a little bit of anger creeping into the way we're responding to situations, Lord God. Lord God, we just ask you for your forgiveness right now. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you died on the cross, that we could be forgiven of all sin. God, we, we repent. Lord, we want to not just ask your forgiveness, but we want to turn away from those things. We want to turn away from just trying to get what we feel we deserve. We want to give our lives to you and live for your glory, God. We want to become more like you. Help us, we pray, Lord God. Lord God, we just ask for your strength. We ask for your enabling power to help us day by day and moment by moment, Lord God. We don't want to be those judgmental, critical people. 
We don't want to be those stingy people, tight-fisted and just trying to get things for ourselves and not the generous, kind-hearted people that you desire us to be. Thank you, Jesus. Just imagine for a moment that the, the church, if every single one of us around the world that confessed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, if every single one of us lived every day as the salt and the light of the earth that God desires for us to be, if we had the same generosity of heart that Jesus has for us, that we were willing to lay down our life, take up our cross and follow him moment by moment by moment. I think about the situations we might face in our workplace or among groups of friends where, where people might insult us or, or, or say things or do things. And I think, about, I think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. For anyone who doesn't know the story, um, uh, I'll try and give you the very, very, very brief, quick overview. Uh, these guys wanted to be faithful to God. And King Nebuchadnezzar told them they had to, to, uh, had to bow down and worship this gold idol. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. But then they, get, they, they, they cry out to God and say, God, help us in this. And, and they refuse to bow down. Now, in, in that prayer, maybe God could have delivered them. God could have made the king change his mind and, and, and make it, the consequence not happen. But they got thrown into the fiery furnace. God could have saved them from going into that fiery furnace in the first place. But actually what he did, it says they, they're thrown into the fiery furnace. But then this other person appears in there. This angelic God-type man in the fire. There's different translations and interpretations of how it's, who that was. Or, but I believe God was there with him in the fire and the, and the flames of fire, it says, did not touch them and they, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them when they came out of that fire. And as they went into the fire, they came out of the fire, everyone around became aware of these people that put their trust in God. They went through the fire, but God delivered them through the fire and people gave praise to God because of the fact they did not bow down to that idol. They stood firm in their trust in God and they were delivered by God through that. I think of Daniel who was thrown into the lion's den, but the, the, the lion's mouth was, was shut. And for you in your situation, maybe you're feeling like, God, can't you just deliver me from this situation? God, can't you take this person out, Lord? Like, fall down fire from heaven. Maybe we're a little bit like Peter or the disciples that got a bit angry. But maybe God's actually saying, no, I want you to stand firm. I want you not to, not to react to the situation. Don't always even expect that God's going to not allow you to go through the fire. But trust in God and believe that even if you do, God can spare you from the flames. And that your life would be a testimony to so many around you. That your life would be a witness. That people would see that you don't react. That you continue to love. That you continue to show mercy and grace. And that people would go, wow, what is it about that person? Why don't they react? Why are they still loving? Why are they still kind? And that you could give glory to God that he's your saviour and he's shown you what it is to love and, and show forgiveness. Let's ask God to lead us. We can, we can pray for God to spare us from the fire. If I Feel free to pray that. But let's trust that he's able no matter what, that he can lead us through. 
Imagine if the church stood in love and mercy and grace in every situation always. What a shining light we would be to this world. I pray that we can become that light more and more. Let's ask God for his strength to continue on in these things. So I ask the band to come. I just want to pray for us this morning. We're going to sing this song, Anchor. I have this hope. I have this hope. I have this hope as an anchor for my soul. Through every storm, I will hold to you. Through every storm, I will hold to you. You know, you know if we build our lives on the Word of God, we will be able to stand firm through every situation. The storms will come. The trials still come for us as believers in Christ. We're promised that. But if we keep our lives anchored to the Word of God, built on the rock which is Jesus Christ, we will stand firm for His glory through it all. Let's commit ourselves, let's declare this morning that we will build our lives with our lives built on His Word, that He is our anchor, that He is our hope. And know that as we focus our heart on Him, focus our thoughts on Him, He will change our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, our words, our actions. If we can see that there are things that we are doing and saying that are not right, we need to ask God to really change our heart. But as we fix our eyes on Him, He will do the changing. The fruit of the Spirit isn't something we produce. It says the Holy Spirit works in us that a good tree bears good fruit. And let's give our hearts to Him and say, Lord, do, do Your work in me this morning. Do Your work in my heart. Let my heart be changed. Let's stand right now. Lord God, I just pray that You would have Your way in us. Every individual in this place, Lord God, help us to have grace for one another. Help us to have mercy and to share your love with this world. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your mercy and grace for us. And we declare this morning that it is well with my soul because of, of what you have done for us. Let's sing this this morning and declare it. Thank you, Lord.